from the script for Us by Jordan Peele. Adelaide walks down the stairs and onto the beach where a few teenagers act wild by a small campfire. Adelaide passes by the teenagers as she walks toward the water's edge. Moments later, she approaches the shoreline and scans the dark horizon. In the distance, a large cloud erupts in silent lightning. After a breath, she turns back toward the boardwalk. One attraction faces her on the beach level underneath the boardwalk. It's called Shaman's Vision Quest, a Native American mystical-themed funhouse with an entrance that faces the water. The facade is painted to resemble a forest with colorful images of spirit animals and a large shaman who glares, pointing his finger directly at Adelaide. Signs near the arched doorway read, Get Lost and Find Yourself. Adelaide walks toward the Vision Quest portal. She drops the candied apple, which falls onto the sand. As Adelaide gets near the entrance, a thup or two of thick raindrops hit the sand. The crowd over at the boardwalk murmur. Adelaide enters just as the rain hits full on. Adelaide enters the Vision Quest and goes down a hallway made to feel like a magical walk through a dark forest. The walls are dressed and painted like woods, with the occasional eerily pleasant deer, rabbits, and eagles. A cacophonous recording of nature sounds plays over hidden speakers. A cast plastic owl on a branch pounces out from a dark crevice, startling Adelaide with a hoo-hoo. The owl emits a hiss of pressurized air and returns to its starting point. Adelaide calms herself and continues into the maze. Adelaide enters a room that's still forest theme, but also covered in mirrors. She walks past several distorted reflections, a short one, a weird one, and a weirder one. With a rumble of lightning, the lights go out and the forest noise stops. What was kind of eerie when lit becomes downright terrifying when dark. The only light comes from the glowing red exit sign. She walks toward it, but hits a mirror. She looks up. The exit sign appears forward and backward, over and over again in infinite reflections. Adelaide reaches her hands out and tries to make her way down the mirrored hall. She begins whistling Itsy Bitsy Spider again to make her feel at ease, but she stops in near panic when a whistle from the halls overtakes hers. Somebody, somewhere in the mirrored labyrinth, is whistling in an attempt to emulate her tune. Something her size scurries quickly across the hallway. Adelaide backs up almost against a mirror. She slowly begins to turn 180 degrees to face the mirror behind her, but her reflection doesn't turn. This is Gothic. What's everybody been up to? I have been geocaching. Oh, nice. Yes. That's been fun. <laughs> and That's awesome. And floating the river tomorrow. So fun. Oh, dope. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Have you found any good stuff? Um, yeah, actually. there's. It's been kind of cool. Um, well, I was introducing some kids to it um, today. And uh, they've taken to it as a, a kind of like crazy wild treasure hunt and that they're like i can't believe all these people are in on this that's i mean that's what it is isn't it yeah. that's basically what geocaching yeah, is so like <laughs> like so we found everything we were looking for today cleared out uh, one of my favorite parks and yeah we got all weird little things here and there they they brought they brought a bunch of stuff so they're like oh well, i'm gonna put this in there and take something back out and it was a good time it was a good time other than my legs absolutely like feeling dead right now because the hills we had to climb were monstrous so so you said that part about uh it being an actual treasure hunt and uh so for the orcs 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 game that i ran as my audition for a local uh game mm, improv improv theater theater kind of thing improv theater yeah i love orcs 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 yeah so orcs 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 uh (laughs) puts on uh, D&D games, 5th edition D&D games, at a local uh, game bar called Game Night Lounge. 
among other places, and uh, you get a catered meal with it, and you play some D&D for the evening for a a reasonable low cost. And so I auditioned for that, and uh, I will uh, probably be doing that here once we can be social and public again. But in that game, uh, there was one of the NPCs that they were talking to. They'd been told that she was a, a treasure hunter and an explorer, and so they're over there talking to her, and it turns out that um, uh, she thinks of what they are doing as tomb raiding and desecration. What she does is her group goes out and plants these treasures, and then the others go out and try to follow clues to find them. So, oh. so they're reverse they, treasure They are hunting. indeed geocachers. <laughs> they're, they're, That's they're amazing. Yep. That's what that is. Oh, that's so cool. So I hear your uh, computer blew up, uh, Sharon. Yeah, my computer blew up. Actually, it's my husband's computer, which he built from scratch. And I've watched this thing evolve over the years. And he finally got it into a uh, water-cooled system, which he's been, like, lusting after for for several years. And um, he... So these events may or may not be connected, but the other night he spilled wine on his keyboard. And... um, like theoretically using a keyboard that's been ruined by liquid shouldn't cause your power source to explode but something clearly exploded because there was a loud pop and a nasty nasty (laughs) plastic burning smell and so we think the motherboard might be shot and at least one of the ram sticks uh we have not been able to test the cpu or the gpu or anything else because we don't have that many like spare computer parts lying around but yeah, so hopefully it's just the motherboard because that's one of the parts that's still under warranty. <laughs> um, so it yeah, because it's less than a year old. So we're you know hoping that it's just that. But really, all that we can tell right now is that the power source fan turns on and nothing else does. Oh, so ouch. it's uh, <laughs> it was very dramatic and it's, it's really really sad because he spent so much time putting this thing together <sighs> and I'm like, no, babe. <laughs> Oh. And also, you're back to recording so, on your iPhone. <laughs> for oh, the it's podcast. an Android. Excuse me. Oh yeah, sorry. No, it's <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's my it's my it's my phone. But that's that's okay. The app, I think it's the one that Nathan is still using, mm-hmm. and so it's like not it's not it's not super awful. It's a pretty decent recording app, and I'm using my headset with it, so it should be okay. Yeah, Nathan's problem is just that he's in a big empty room because he just moved. Echo, echo, yeah. echo. Yeah. <laughs> I can sometimes I can still hear his echo. Yeah. And Jesse, I I saw that you had a show uh, here this last weekend, right? Weren't you in that? Um, I was not in that one. Um, that was with Torch Song Theater Company. They did a Harry Potter parody, uh, <laughs> kind of cabaret <laughs> style kind of thing, like social distancing and everything. So it was perfect. But I do have one coming up in August, um, and it's a Star Wars parody oh, cool. cabaret. Cool. That's so, amazing. Yeah, I've got some fun <laughs> stuff to do in that one, so that'll be a lot of fun. All right, well, um, that catches us up there. And now to catch up with our characters a little bit, uh, this is going to be uh, back still in the contemporary now. LJ and Dr. Grace are in Dr. Grace's rented rooms above the theater there in Macon, Missouri. It's a place. It's a place. It's a place. And Dr. Grace just uh, built a uh, some sort of alarm trap system uh, using weird science (gasps) around the room. Yeah, I just remembered what it was. I did like the the supernatural um, salt line across the door, but well, yeah. included some, I think, magnesium powder. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Grace has a really hard time embracing her um, mad scientist aspect rather than just going pure on cultist. Listen, uh, s- magic is only physics that we don't understand yet. <laughs> I love it. Dr. Grace uh, then went to sleep while LJ continued browsing through, through the files and haven's files looking for other clues meanwhile uh, not far away in an alley with the bed of the truck down and <laughs> are we gonna relive this whole thing again <laughs> god damn it god damn it no. and jacob candle's oh, old man. partner 
crawling up towards him, jaws distended, talon <laughs> fingers extended from <laughs> from fingertips. And so, worst of all, crushed beer dri- okay. dribbling out <laughs> no, onto the, the onto the ground. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Not I- to mention I'm pretty sure Jacob was cleaning his guns, so all his guns are in pieces. Oh, on the oh back that's of right, track. yeah. Had all of the yep. uh, guns laid out and was cleaning them. Oh yeah, he was backed up into an alley. Yeah, yeah. an alley with the suit. So I'll have you guys know that I've been doing a lot of VR as late. So this mental image is even more horrifying to me right now because oh, I've got to experience some of this oh, God. stuff. I know what this was coming. I was like, good God. Oh no. So thanks for that mental image. That's where we're going to pick up is immediately back in the bed of Jacob's truck in all of its orangey red glory, rust oh, yeah. <laughs> rust spots and all. Oh, I'm ready. With bits I'm ready. and pieces of gun laying around as his old partner comes to eat his face. Or whatever. <laughs> oh lord. Maybe it's maybe it's just to lick you like a puppy. <laughs> oh God, that would be worse. <laughs> Give us some in, tongue. <laughs> in any case, Jacob. Oh, God. Okay. What do you do? What do I do? I draw out my brass knuckles from my belt buckle and scream like a. No, actually. No, that'd be me. That's me. You're thinking of. I gotta read a bad situation or something. Well, what is it you're doing? And I will tell you what you're doing. Obviously, I'm gonna like be scrambling backwards trying to put some distance between me and fang face and um and while i'm doing that i'm pulling i'm like reaching down my belt buckle taking off taking off uh, my brass knuckles kind of getting ready to try to defend myself uh in the back of this bed of this truck i'm gonna try to keep the high ground if i can not completely concerned to run just yet i kind of want to like take a moment and consider my options okay well, you know, why don't you roll, act under, no, uh, roll, read a bad situation. <laughs> read a bad situation. <laughs> I was going to say, he literally said read a bad act, situation. Act under pressure was what got me here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's my sharp. Here we go. Uh, that's an eight. First roll of the night. Oh, God. Okay. One question. One question. Is why a question? Why? <laughs> Oh man, so there's one here that I like that I'm not going to not going to ask it. Oh, I just what is it, it you want to ask, and why don't uh, you want to ask it? <laughs> so I was like, like, what's most vulnerable to me? But it doesn't tell me. There's only one thing, so whether it's vulnerable or not is right there. Um, not necessarily. That question can be interpreted as so on this creature you know what is what is most vulnerable to attack okay yeah and i just i just read if you act on the answers you get a plus one ongoing while the information is relevant i didn't realize that heaven knows you need that yeah (laughs) yes we haven't really used that that much i've never noticed it before i just casually overlooked it what do you mean i of course have reminded you every time (laughs) (laughs) we like never read a bad situation though we always act under pressure all right so that's what i'm gonna do so i'm gonna try to figure out what's most vulnerable to me uh so um i'm sizing this thing and jigger up old fang face old old kraus with his licky tongue okay so i need to know something how much do you associate this being right here with what happened to you earlier this morning in the police station oh how much do I associate? That's a good question. Like, what you mean when I went and tickled old boy's spine with my fingers? That's the one. Uh. Because this guy, uh, this being moving toward you, uh, looks to have that. Sa- I mean, it's changing as it comes toward you too. Like, like you already know, its jaw is uh, extending. Its uh, hands are getting larger and and more taloned. But it's also taking on kind of a, I don't want to say spongier aspect, but a spongier aspect. <laughs> no, I got you. As in the sense that its body caved in on me the last time I tried to apply any kind of physical force to it. Right. 
And so I'm wondering if you were making any connections there, if you think that Jacob would, would be doing so. Yeah, I could see that. Jacob, uh, I forget, what were your experiences, your personal experiences with the uh, doppelgangers in Texas? Uh, so the, the doppelgangers uh, slowly infiltrated the community, primarily starting with the police department, replacing people. Right, but what was your personal experience with them? It mainly had to do with, actually, the guy right in front, well, the thing right in front of me. Ron Krauss picked up that all this was going on, that all these boogeymen were out there, and I completely was in denial about it. I didn't believe him whatsoever. Uh, in fact, I didn't believe him until until the day that uh, Ron shows up and I realize it's not Ron. Uh, I tried to act on that information, uh, but before I could like really dig into it, um, I was put into the hospital through machinations of these creatures. How did you determine it wasn't Ron? Mannerisms. It was like the thing couldn't reflect his, his like uh, his wit, his, his his charms, his the little things that make him. It had knowledge of him, but it didn't know how to exactly act like him. It uh, the uncanny valley where something mm-hmm. tries to be human, like a doll mm-hmm. or something. But mm-hmm. because it's trying so close to be human, you can tell all the more that it's not human. And Me. It freak, <laughs> and it freaks you out. <laughs> uh, that's essentially how it was. It was like just little mannerisms, little ticks, little things like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So not having had any like personal combat with, no. the, with them before, for a moment you aren't sure, but connections start clicking and that softness that you experienced when you crushed <laughs> deputy beeler's chest earlier this morning trying to give him cpr you see that uh, in this creature as it is changing shape uh, as it's shifting from one thing to another and what it's shifting to here as it comes closer and closer to you is you. I knew it. Oh! Ah. Right. But, but, Ooh. here's the thing. So, the connections you made there uh, all click into place, and you think that the thing that's most vulnerable on this creature right this second is that jaw. That if you get a hold of upper and lower jaw, you could just maybe, because of all that, that softness as it's finishing changing shape, that you could maybe just rip it apart. Ooh, I like Gross. I like the idea of me grabbing my doppelganger's head, who looks like That's me, and ripping it straight so open. Yeah, right now it looks like a cross between you, Ron, and some venom. creature from <laughs> yeah, know, so, and Venom. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm ready. I'm ready. I I, I need no more. I attack. I, my fight or fight bent towards one direction. All right, so you pressed yourself up against the um, cab of the truck, uh, scattering gun parts with your feet as you scrabbled backwards. You see this thing turning into you. And Mm -hmm. if I recall correctly, one of your playbook moves is that you get a bonus when acting against your hated enemy. I do. Oh. I do. I know my prey. And this is quite obviously a doppelganger. Okay. Uh, well, in that case, uh, I know my brace says I get a plus one ongoing uh, when you are knowingly investigating, pursuing, or fighting the type of monster that caused your loss. And you get a plus one ongoing as long as you're headed for the jaw while it's changing shape. So you have a plus two right now. Okay, so is this kicking some ass then, or? Uh, it seems to me like you are diving in there and about to try to kick some ass. <laughs> All right, let's do this. I'm excited. Do it. Uh, all right, so I only get so I so both those bonuses stack, huh? Neat. That is a eleven. Yes. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Way to rip those jaws. <sighs> is it weird that I'm picturing like the texture of sourdough starter, like <laughs> gritty, slimy, yes, <laughs> stretchy. <laughs> I guess in that case, uh, I'm, I'm going all in on it. I, I think I want to inflict terrible harm. Okay. You will be doing, what is your 
we can probably figure your natural attack is one. But because this is your your know your enemy and you have all you have all those bonuses going on, I'm gonna give you another plus one harm here. Mm-hmm. In addition to the plus one that you're taking from your ten plus for a total here of three harm. Yeah. There's something cracks inside of you as you're pressing yourself up against the cab in fear and you just roar and then get your feet under you and and leap toward the thing and you grab its jaws and both of you go tumbling out of the bed of the truck in a big shower of beer cans and gun parts and uh, you hit the ground and you hear part of its uh, weird loose cartilage cracking underneath you as you land on it and you pull on its uh, jaws and they begin to um, they begin to crack and tear but it also jams its talon right into your side for two harm I have two armor oh dude (laughs) and it hits on the what is that Kevlar it's Kevlar and plates a combination of both so it hits on Dang. those and um, just rips through the cloth. Uh, it just tears it like like paper, but doesn't get through the armor itself to uh, hit you. Um, what do you do? I'm going to uh, look at. I'm gonna. I guess I still got to hold it. I'm gonna tell you you're gonna die, freak, and I want to rip its jaw off and I want to start beating it. <laughs> 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 With a bone jaw. Okay. Holy uh, go I ahead and roll, kick some ass again. Okay. Oh my god. Uh, that is another eleven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> terrible harm. <laughs> Hell yeah. There's these terrible series of pops and cracks, and then a a a just a tearing sound of gristle and muscle. Mm-hmm. Just shredding underneath your uh, your attack as you pull and push on its upper jaw and its lower, and you split your own head in half. <laughs> and this green goo just starts kind of pouring out of the out of the neck oh, sockety yes. hole that you've left behind. Oh. For our listeners at home, uh, this episode may have uh, some amount of gore. Gore. You need so much therapy. (laughs) Jacob Campbell is not okay. We may never get him back. I don't think he's going to recover from this. Now I get you, dude. Now I get you. I'm sorry. Holy moly. Mm. Oh. Oh, man. Oh. Jacob, uh, what do you do uh, once you have... The the thing is now just flopped there on the ground. It spasms occasionally, but does not otherwise move. A a ridiculously long tongue is lulled out of its uh, head cavity. Yes. And sort of flopped across the asphalt and gravel at the end of this alley. I'm going to let my fear give way to rage. And give it a chance to get back at something. And the fact that it copied my old partner. There's, I'm just going to just pound this thing with my brass knuckles until it stops twitching. And whatever's left of it, I'm going to, yeah. That's years worth of anger right there. We're going to leave Jacob Candle pulping the remnants of this, <laughs> what he supposes to be a doppelganger. And we're going to go back to the apartment over the theater where Dr. Grace is napping and LJ is still scrolling through Haven's notes on Dr. Grace's computer. Uh, so what's... What's happening there? I think it's a lot of uh, investigative mystery. Last time you were looking for something on the hospital itself. The hospital, anything about Haven, names of people similar to the files from the 50s. Yeah, and the deaths at the hospital. But I'm also looking for, because I remember about the para-enhanced abilities note that I saw back in the 50s, so I'm also keeping an eye out for that. Okay, go ahead and roll Investigate a Mystery. Oh, do I have to? (laughs) 
Sharp is not my best, but I still have an eight. You see, already you you know that Haven didn't make a huge connection between those names of the patients that you saw back in the 50s and that um, that she had noted in her notes. However, separate from those, this is actually just a picture of a page of handwritten notes, uh, so it's easy to kind of miss it, but uh, you, you, something about it, the word blood caught your eye, and you see that it says, the blood of psychics question mark, ritual, question mark, power, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, at the bottom. So Haven's me, basically. (laughs) putting a bunch of question marks everywhere. (laughs) You Sharon, or you Dr. Grace? (laughs) No, me Sharon. (laughs) I'm just so clueless all the time. LJ, that is pretty much what you find. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of other uh, notes on weird happenings, especially around uh, Macon. I mean, she did come here to do a fluff piece as well. So she actually has some notes in there about a ghostly figure being spotted on the uh, road headed uh, west toward Kansas City. And she's got a couple of notes on a reign of frogs that happened back in the 60s. There's some stuff about very is poltergeist activity around town. There's some things um, about a a day where supposedly everybody in town lost their memory, but no one remembers it. So, <laughs> so she has like four question marks by that one. <laughs> Maybe focus on the blood of the psychics and see if there's anything more I can find on that from that point. Not in her notes uh, so much, okay. but uh, you do you do come across a, a reference uh, on the good old internet uh, that <laughs> uh, does talk about how the blood of those gifted with powers, I believe, is how the kind of new agey uh, website that you're reading it on, um, you know, can hold great power and can do wondrous things. They mean it in a more spiritual sense rather than drawing symbols on the wall or spilling it out in the woods in a in a holy circle of some sort or unholy circle of some sort. And most of that stuff also talks about uh, how the rules for those rituals can be found in various grimoires. Grimoire. Book. Any more reference to the grimoire or the book? Uh, you go back to Haven's notes on that and you... Come across something toward the end of the notes. Uh, this would be like maybe only a day or two before she disappeared. Her last or next to last uploads from her portable note-taking device, which I believe is a notebook. Notebook and recordings. <laughs> you get some of that in here, too. There's reco- uh, just uh, audio files. But in it, she says, there's something... I've so forgotten Haven's voice. It was so long ago. <laughs> It's strange. I met with the proprietor of the house today. Uh, I believe he may be the owner, although at first I thought that perhaps he was just the face of the house. Uh, But Elsie says that the house is, of course, absolutely haunted and hardly any fakery is being done here whatsoever. And of course, he would say that, but it was weird um, when he did. We were in his office next to the library, and he had on his desk this very ornate notebook and pen. And when we started talking about the hauntings of the house, he he put those away. He slid them into his desk drawer, and I, I heard him lock it. Now, this was on an audio file. Okay, listening to tapes. And, you ha- and, and of course, you only found that, like, last night, so you haven't had a lot of time to go through it. Jacob, what are you doing and now that you have really pulped this thing? Of course, I give it a moment. So I like stand over it, stare down at it, let that anger wash out of me for a second. I'm going to go back to the bed of my truck. I don't care about my rifle. I'm going to put my revolver back together. Oh, that's not in the bed anymore. That's scattered around <sighs> on the ground. I've and... got to get that together then. But I'm going to watch this thing. I'm, I'm not going to cover it up yet. 
I'm going to watch it while I collect my stuff. Okay. I'd say that this is uh, pretty pressury on you. How about some act under pressure? All right. I shall act under the pressure as I can. What's what got me into this mess? Uh, Act under pressure. Cool. All right. Here we go. That is a 10. Dang. Rolling like fire tonight. No leveling up for me. There's been something apparently a little bit cathartic about this as... You were you were saying, and now that you have an actual physical enemy in front of you, uh, you are calm, cool, and collected. You immediately just spot all of the parts to the gun that you need and just start popping stuff together. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, it's a little gritty. I imagine. I imagine I'm a little gritty. Ew. But no, no, that's 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 completely right. Because for, for the first time. I have a way to act. I am no longer powerless. So what is your ultimate plan here, Jacob? Are you going to go back to meet the others? Are you going to go to the police? What are you going to do? My plan, is I'm, I'm guessing I'm not too far away from them, uh, is after I get my gun together and, I, and I'm armed, I'm going to take the, the, the blanket or whatever, the duffel bag is the sort of thing that I was using to lay all my guns out. I'm going to wrap this carcass up in that thing. Pieces of it just slough off. Oh, yeah. We're getting all of it. I can get all of it. Yeah. At this point, I could be a hack, hacksaw murderer at this point. It's gross. <laughs> well, I can't make any sense of it. I know, I know a certain doctor who can. I'm just picturing, like, trying to put together, like, a bunch of melted silly putty, like, into a duffel bag. Yeah, just scrape it. Just, like, shoveling it in there. <laughs> I don't care if they're messy at this point. Uh, just clean off the slop off of it. Yeah, I'm taking this to the dock. So you throw that in the back of the truck and you head toward the uh, theater. Yeah. And the apartments above. Oh, and while I'm doing this, now suddenly everybody in this town is a suspect. <laughs> Every single one of them is in on it. I'm going to drag this thing up those steps all slimy and sloppy. It's very Jello-like at this point. Ew. He really drive up in that old car? I didn't imagine that, right? Man, maybe I should check that out before I go back. Let's take a look around. He didn't have... Well, if he had something in his pockets, it's part of the goo now. We'll figure that out later. Uh, investigate a mystery. It's very odd that he had an old vehicle just suddenly here. That's an eight. Um, dude, no. Uh, what is being concealed here? What you find in the car is a detritus of wrappers and Gatorade bottles and papers like various toll booth tickets and maps and hmm. things. A lot of them are from Texas. What? Is this? I want to check. I want to check through this thing. Has this thing been? Roaming around Texas, or has it been? Is it been following me? Oh! There's a bunch of receipts as well from gas stations. So, in order to answer that question, and I'll include that in the what's being concealed here, uh, you can check dates and things. And it looks like this being, if that was who was driving the car originally, anyway, arrived in Macon about two days ago. Before me. Before you. Oh. Oh, wow. Let me get my little pocket knife out. I'm going to cut myself. Testing yourself. My madness is getting up to a point. <laughs> I think you've been bleeding before and, and no one this has said true. anything about this it. Is, so This is true. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Here is perhaps the uh, most interesting uh, thing that you notice, and uh, probably nobody else would. Uh, maybe Dr. Grace, but uh, your detective's eye catches it. You see... Two different kinds of fast food in the in the car. Mm-hmm. With that going through your head, it's pretty easy for you to look around the, the vehicle and go, yeah, there were two people in this car. Damn it. Damn it. There's a knock at Dr. Grace's door. <laughs> it wakes Dr. Grace up from her light nap. But of course, LJ is already awake, but may have headphones on uh, listening to the uh, recordings of Haven. Well, do I at that moment? I don't know. Do you? There's no role for this. It's just what What do you think is good for the uh, narrative here? It could be a, yeah, it could be that, that LJ is just so into what he's reading that he doesn't notice. 
the second knock is louder, though, and is brings Dr. Grace completely out of her slumber and also probably does get the attention of LJ at that point uh, because the recording just ended, at least the one that you had just found out that last bit of information from. I uh, sit up bolt upright in my little cot or whatever I've got, and I've got a thirty-eight revolver that I'm pointing at the door. Paranoid much? <laughs> Says the guy who's always paranoid. It's not paranoia when doppelgangers are actually after you. <laughs> right. LJ, did you hear that? Yeah, but who could it be at this hour? <laughs> it's like four in the afternoon, isn't it? <laughs> hey, it's me. Open up. Oh, thank God. God, that dude. Yeah, hurry up. It's freaky out here. I'll scooch over into my wheelchair and wheel on over and uh, open the door. Jacob is standing there, looking a little rumpled. You look terrible. I feel terrible. Jacob, what's going on? Uh, hey, hey, Doc, I need to talk to you about something very, very important. Very, very important, eh? Super important. It's uh, about this this house. Uh, Dr. Grace, uh, roll a read, read a bad situation. Read a bad situation is plus sharp. That's a eight. Okay. Yeah, yeah, eight. Hold one. I'm going to say, are there any dangers we haven't noticed, but with the caveat that Jacob doesn't seem like the kind of man to use the word very multiple times in a sentence. There is that. There's also the fact that Jacob is also walking up the stairs behind Jacob (laughs) with a sort of a blanket body bag over his shoulder. (laughs) It's it's oozing and he's covered in gore. (laughs) Jacob, you see ahead of you at Grace's door, Grace in her wheelchair kind of blocking the way. uh, But uh, in front of her in the doorway is yet another... You. Oh, alright. I've got something for this I've been waiting to use. If I can do something. If I can act. I'm going to let Grace go ahead and act first here because she did the... Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? And this is what she has seen. You coming up the stairs. This, uh, this other you. Very specifically... I mean, you're probably not like right in the doorway, Grace. But yeah. not... He's not passing over that line of salt and magnesium that you laid down. I know Jacob is familiar with uh, firearms. I'm going to let him hear me taking the safety off my revolver and say, why don't you explain more to me, Jacob? We are here for the same reason. I arch an eyebrow at him. Elaborate, please. Uh, Jacob, you're coming up behind Jacob. Oh, the madness. It doesn't stop. (laughs) Yes. So I have a, I have a, a move I haven't used yet, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna use it now, and it's called Never Again. And uh, in combat, you can choose to protect someone without rolling, as if you had rolled a ten plus, but you may not choose to suffer a little harm. So I want to protect the dot from this thing, and I believe one of my options is all impending danger is now focused on you. I'm gonna listen here, you greasy son of a bitch. I'm going to cock that revolver. Oh, yeah. You turn to you, and the other you sees the oozing out of the uh, blanket, uh, sees kind of one one dangly, stretch arm, strong kind of arm <laughs> uh, flopped out of it. And he says, what have you done? And then he leaps at you. Oh, yeah. Let's do this. Like almost lightning flash, his uh, Mm. arm goes into full beast mode and Mm. those claws are there and he just swipes down across your your face for uh, two harm. Yay, I have two armor. But uh, this does this does knock you down. Okay. I get to do uh, I get to do moves on on harm, even if they don't actually end up doing any harm. Uh, things I haven't been doing in the previous fifteen episodes of the <laughs> show that we we record. And I, I'm making you guys roll a lot tonight, but I want you to get extra experience. You're being born backwards and down. Jacob, I need you to act under pressure to kind of redirect this so that you aren't flung down the stairs. I'm dealing with a doppelganger, so I got the plus one. Mm-hmm. Yes. That is a 10. You do what you set out to. Yes. Cool under pressure. Finally. 
Fuck. Okay, so not fall down the stairs. You kind of grab him back and and you just slam him into the wall um, right next to the uh, staircase, uh, diverting both of your angles so that you don't uh, go tumbling down the very steep mm. staircase. That's definitely not a good staircase for those in wheelchairs. Yeah, I know this. That head now extends, becomes more bestial. That bottom jaw dislocates. Grace, you see all of this, too. You see this Jacob that was in your door just leap at this other Jacob that came up the stairs. And now they're fighting there in the hallway, crashing against the walls. Pictures are falling down from previous uh, theatrical productions here at the uh, Macon Repertory Theater here. Could I Could I fire at the distending jaw version of Jacob or is it too You could like... fire at either one of them you want to. <laughs> uh, I think the one that's distending and... uh, Do you see that as, uh, as you're trying to get his attention away from Jacob like in a protect someone or are you just wanting to do harm as in kick some ass? I think just do harm because his attention is away from me right now. I'm kind of thinking that I could potentially have some kind of advantage over him because he is not he's not focused on me right now. All right. You pull the trigger and the first gunshot rings out. Who knew that it would be Dr. Grace that fired the the first <laughs> the first gunshot on the show. Okay, kicks mass. I was about to say I shouldn't have picked that one, but they're both tough, so it doesn't matter. It's a seven. Uh, it's two harm, close, reload, loud. You fire. The sound of the gunshot is immensely loud here in the narrow hallway of the theater. Do you shoot that gun very often, Dr. Grace? I, you know what? I don't think I do. I think I practice with it regularly, but shooting at a stationary target is not the same as, you know, firing at a, a moving presumably living thing that is entangled in combat with somebody that you know. Yeah, so initially you don't know what happens here. They're they're rolling around against the wall and you fire something dark splatters against the wall, but you're you're not quite sure because it's just yeah, the targets at the uh, shooting range uh, don't move around like this. Don't uh, have a kind of a wet, meaty thump when you shoot them. Don't uh, squeal in agony like a like an echoey, speared wild boar. And even so, the sound of the gunshot is both louder and not as loud as you expected, because in, in, on the shooting range, you always wear ear protection, obviously. Safety first. And here you're not. So, yeah. The smell of cordite fills the hallway. That jaw has opened up, and it's coming for your head, Jacob. I'm going to get right up in its bestial face and just roar at it as I shove my gun in its gut and just try to pull the trigger as much as I can. This one changed a lot faster than the other one, and uh, its muzzle, which is really the only thing you can call it, is far more distended than the other one was. The the lower jaw wider and dropped down even further. Yeah, I'm not going to back down. It wants to match me. I'm going to match it. I'm looking at my madness right now. And that is oh, is only six plus three, so nine. Only a nine, not a ten. Uh, my hand cannon is three harm, close and loud. Boom! Your your three fifty seven goes off, and and it's you know just echoes in the in the hallway, but also kind of muffled as you have it pressed against the uh, beast's uh, stomach. It howls out, but then it just latches it. It's uh maw around your skull and Uh, bites down and you hear a crunching inside of your brain. uh, Three harm. Okay, I take it. Oh god, this is, this is, this is the strangest catharsis yet. (laughs) LJ, what are you doing during all this? How far away am I from the door? The room that you're in, uh, it's not a tiny room. It it was used for storage at one point. I mean, the desk is a little ways away from the door, but nothing you couldn't, you know, get to in a couple of strides. What you saw looking up from the desk where you had Grace, Dr. Grace's computer uh, open is Dr. Grace wheel over to the door, Jacob standing there uh, saying some weird stuff, 
and then turn and leap away from the door. And then Dr. Grace just materializes a gun from somewhere, a freaking gun, and just fires into the hallway, presumably at, um, at Jacob. You don't know. <laughs> And then shortly followed by yet another another gun shot from, from the hallway itself. I'm going to take one of my moves, actually. What could go wrong? Whenever you charge into immediate danger, trying to protect Grace and find out what the problem is outside of the doorway, without hedging your bets, hold two. I may spend my hold to inflict harm, reduce someone's harm, and or take plus two forward on an act under pressure roll. Oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah, it's a dope move. I actually took it for uh, Grace from Gothic Men because she seemed to do that a lot. You have to get past Dr. Grace to get out into the hallway. Yes. Uh, I see this kind of as you sort of vaulting up onto the back of the wheelchair and launching off of one of the... uh... But what I was hoping to do was look for any kind of weaponry on my way along. Is there something near to hand that I can possibly grab onto on the way my uh prosthetics are by the bed (laughs) there you go (laughs) i'm gonna be the doppelganger down with your fake legs (laughs) one of them one of them may or may not transform into a power claw (laughs) excuse me that that's actually that's actually so much better than uh, the um than the uh, coat rack that i was going to give you all right So you grab one of these, um, these, what do your prosthetic legs look like, uh, Dr. Grace? Um, I hadn't really pictured it. Um, probably a little more substantial than the, uh, you know, the really cool ones you see nowadays that look like those like cool jumping stilts. Yep. Um, they're, they're probably a little more robust than that. Like in, yeah. uh, Kingsman? Uh, I haven't seen Kingsman yes, in a while, but yes, probably. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, they. I think they're probably shaped like feet and ankles to fill out the, you know, the hems of pant legs and stuff like that. All right, LJ, you 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 grab this, you grab up this leg, you you go flying over the the wheelchair, and uh, you're just like you've got this leg in <laughs> in your hand, and there's like cables and moving parts, and I just kind of want to see. I really want this to happen. I'm. <laughs> Me I want too. you to accidentally <laughs> activate the claw leg. <laughs> yes. So act under pressure. You got it. I think you're going to activate it no matter what, and then we'll just see what happens. But <laughs> Oh my god, that's beautiful. That's a 12. Yes! Okay. <laughs> so, So your goal here is to go out and... and um, to see what's going on and, and that's with my take two save, forward. So save the day. Yeah. Oh, that was with. Yeah, uh, I don't even need to use my take two forward because. Uh, so is it take two forward or ongoing? Uh, it says because a forward has to be used on your next without roll without hedging your bets. Hold two. Hold two. Okay, so it's not. Yeah, so it isn't taking something forward. So I'm going to actually hold on to that still because I okay. got a 10. Uh, yeah, you don't have to use nope. that. The hold is good as long as you are engaged in this activity. You get out in the hallway and you've got this this leg in your hand. And, uh, I mean, you're just getting a good grip on it. And what you see is this sort of weird, mushy-looking thing. Its jaws clamped around Jacob's head. And suddenly the leg starts whirring in your hand. What is the what does this look um, like, Grace? So uh, this is the one where the knee joint is included in the prosthetic. And I think that the the bit above the knee joint becomes the handle. Uh, the ankle becomes the second joint, and then the foot just like splits into a like a lobster claw. And uh, <laughs> <That's> terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Do you use this to reach high objects Why on the shelf? <laughs> Listen, I've become very good at standing on one leg. It's quite useful. <laughs> and uh, yeah. part of our thing was urban, urban exploration, and there was some, you know, wire fences that just got inconvenient. Yeah, LJ, you find yourself holding by the handle this weird claw leg thing that you, I guess, smash down on Excellent. the... Uh... Um, anybody have any kind of idea of what kind of damage this thing does? Why, yes. I do. It's three harm hand uh, AP. I don't know what that means. Heavy, useful. Armor piercing. Oh, armor piercing. That's cool. Heavy, useful, unreliable. Unreliable. 
shit. <laughs> well, it uh, it automatically activated there practically. Yeah. So. Yeah. I I had I had some earlier models where I was standing on it and it just like telescoped <laughs> out and tipped me over. And uh, I just also really like the idea of it being armor piercing, so that if you'd gotten a six or less LJ there, I would have taken and the hit, damage. Uh, Jacob, <laughs> no, and hit and hit Jacob oh, instead. No, it could have gone through his armor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is absolutely beautiful. Uh, yeah, so at that point, I'm like, yeah. Just kick some ass. You just like swing down on this thing. And that's what you're doing. Kicking some ass or protecting someone. At that point, I'm at kick some ass. My head's being eaten and I'm screaming inside it as I pull the trigger. It's not painful screams. It's angry screams. I almost just snorted wine out of my nose. <laughs> hey, last time, didn't you? Oh, no, I guess it was the episode no, before the, last. You, uh, that was the episode you, uh, before. spilled beer everywhere. I was listening what? to that in the car on the way home, and I I had to pull over and just, like, stop for a minute because I was laughing too hard. It's a seven, but with my what could go wrong, it could be a plus one harm. Uh, yes, it could. You could do four hand armor defeating unreliable bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) This is great. But useful. (laughs) And you just. And, okay, so Jacob, here's what you see. Sort of, I mean, you're in the jaws of this thing and you're howling out your anger and your rage. And then suddenly the skull and everything, the cartilage all splits around you. And you see metal pass within, like, uh, just centimeters of your head. (laughs) The entire beastie just splits in half, uh, half of it to either side, ribbons of gore stringing out from it. And then standing there splattered with uh, green muck is LJ panting, holding a leg. (laughs) You're welcome, dude. (laughs) i kind of want to say that that's a that's that's an episode episode. that was amazing that was incredible so we'll find out what happens from there on the next gothic Gothic podcast oh my god (laughs) you're welcome dude The Gothic Podcast is produced by C. Patrick Nagel with theme music by Zoe Hovland and cover artwork by Jared George Art. Listen to The Gothic Podcast on Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow The Gothic Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or email us at thegothicpodcast at gmail.com. Support for The Gothic Podcast comes from you, our listeners, so please visit our Patreon page. Thanks. What What have you got there? Um, He doesn't have anything. Oh, he doesn't? Mm-mm. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Okay, Grace doesn't know this. Uh... <laughs>